his hand off the doorknob, grabbed the doorknob, and I just walked right into Vince's office, wow. and I leaned up against the door so nobody could get in. Wow. And, and I just blurted it out. I said, Vince, I know you're splitting Cade and I up. I said, I sing karaoke, and I don't know what we can do with it, but I'd like to implement it into my, you know, my gimmick. Yep. And uh, he caught me off guard, and he's like, What's up, Bengal fans? It's your host, Joey Carney. I want to thank you for clicking on this video. It was an amazing experience, and I can't wait for you to see the full interview. Now, if you haven't already, don't forget to like, subscribe, and comment down below your favorite part at the end of the video. Now, enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here again with a very special guest. He is the current NWA national champion, Trevor Murdoch. How are you doing? How's everything going? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come on and talk wrestling uh, during these crazy times that we're having right now. Uh, I'd like to begin the interviews, especially with everything that's happening today. How, uh, how is everything happening or going with you uh, during COVID? How has your training been affected? How has your work been affected? How has your life been affected? Um, right now, like on the, the training aspect of it, I, I can't get to a, a ring in a gym right now, so I'm, I'm doing what I can here at home. Um, on the work end of it, I've always had a shoot job. You know, it's just in my nature. If I've got free days at home, I'm not a big fan of sitting around. Um, and when COVID hit, they had to lay me off from that. And then, and that was understandable. You know what I mean? I, there's a lot of guys that depended on that job solely on their income to feed their families. Um, so it was more important to take care of those guys. But other than that, um, you, know, every, you know, everything's been pretty good. I just want to get back in the ring. You know what I mean? Right now with COVID, um, everything's kind of put a, a hold on that. And I'm ready to get back in the ring, get to wrestling. Um, I had a huge momentum swing and then when covid came it just kind of shut all that down of course i've uh i've been watching you with nwa uh i think uh seeing you honestly uh when nwa first came back uh about a year or so ago seeing all the people that were signed because there was no press release as to all these guys and girls were signed it was kind of surprises as the show went on and seeing you on there it really it really shocked me in, in a good way because I had missed you or missed seeing you in the ring for, for, for so long that I was like, Oh my God, like, you know, you, your persona itself, I think fits the NWA, your style fits the NWA more of that, uh, that old school country boy style. So, uh, I think I thought it was a perfect fit. I was glad to see you back in there and along with everybody else, the NWA signed. So it was really, uh, fascinating to me to see really the NWA come back, uh, together again. What were your thoughts on, that whole process. Um, in the beginning, you know, NWA, I was, I was kind of on my way out. Um, I was dealing with some things with Harley, you know, as, as, as his health was declining. Um, and, and I was, I was virtually kind of about to hang up the boots and uh, Harley had passed away. And uh, the a representative, uh, the world champion, the, the real world heavyweight champion, yeah. Nick Aldis, and at the time, executive producer uh, Dave Lagana showed up to Harley's funeral. 
And after the funeral, you know, they both had a conversation with me and um, kind of convinced me to come down to do one show. And uh, they <clears throat> they were smart enough in the fact that uh, they knew if they could get me for one show, that uh, most likely I would be, you know, bait and hook. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm in, and I was. You know what I mean? It was a first show, and from there on, I was like, yeah, we're gonna roll with it. Let's go. Of course. And I'm always so fascinated with origin stories. I know that you were trained by Harley Race. How did you uh, first discover pro wrestling, and then how did you end up breaking into it? Um, I my earliest memories of watching wrestling was when I was a kid, um, waking up on Sunday mornings watching world class wrestling with Devon Eriks, gentlemen Chris Adams, and Iceman King Parsons, um, and I. I would always been fascinated with pro wrestling. Just the fact that those guys would be able to, to uh, uh, take a crowd, have them literally in the palm of their hands. You know, when they wanted them to go up and cheer, they were able to do it. When they wanted them to boo, they were able to do it. It was it was really fascinating to me. Um, and it was something I'd always wanted to do. But at the time, there wasn't there wasn't like it is. Now. It isn't. It wasn't then like it is now, where there's a ton of wrestling schools to go to. to to at the very least get your feet wet and find out if this is something you want to do. Um, so I had went to Job Corps and I became a certified welder. I was building railroad cars and uh, decided to move back home. I was living in Georgia, decided to move back home. And uh, my brother had met up with a guy while he was working at his factory job who was an independent wrestler. And that guy trained him. So when I moved back home, they needed a security for their shows course i love wrestling of course i'm gonna do security i've always i've been blessed with the fact that i've always been really tall so uh, the promoter <clears throat> it may not have been a good business for him but the promoter found it entertaining that the security guard was bigger than most of the wrestlers walking out to the ring <laughs> and uh before the show and after the show those guys would get me in the ring and they would um <clears throat> they would do all their new moves on me you know i was i was a big guy and i was really athletic so they really enjoyed doing all their big moves on me. And uh, one night, I was, and this is before I met Harley, um, the promoter, a wrestler didn't show up. And the promoter was kind of frantic looking around and he looked right at me and he goes, you know, you've been training, you're going to wrestle tonight. Wow. And I had my first match and I was under a hood, you know, and I got my ass kicked. And uh, from then on, I was never security. I was in the ring and I did that for about two years. Uh, until I met Harley and uh, I had him watch one of my tapes and he proceeded to tell me I was the shit <laughs> and I was, you know, wow. and uh, it, it kind of just blossomed from there. He was, you know, starting up World League Wrestling and he was opening up a school and, uh, you know, he's like, hey, you want to come down? And I happened to be one of me and another guy were the first two students at Harley's camp. Wow. And, you know, speaking of Harley and the NWA, NWA title, I feel like it's everything now is kind of full, full circle for you in a way, in a sense. Um, is, what was it necessarily that caught your eye other than uh, the producers and, and the real world's champion, uh, you know, kind of hooking you in? What was it about the NWA that really uh, caught your eye? Um, I've always, number one, I've always been a fan of the NWA because of Harley and, and, and just being with him for so many years and, and loving what the NWA represented. Um, but for me, like once I had that first show and I got to talk to 
the the agents in the back. I got to talk to the powers of the B in the back. Um, you know, with NWA, there is uh, how can I put this? We in wrestling, we tend to micromanage, and we feel like we have to, you know, not step on anybody's toes. And we we um, we get told a lot in some areas: don't do this, don't do that, do this, do that. All while you're trying to have wrestling matches and create your character. Um, when I got there to NWA, they uh, there was none of that. It was Trevor. Here's your match. Go out and do what you do, and and we'll let we'll let the chips fall where they fall. If you know if the people are loving you behind you, then we're going to go that direction. If you're drawing you know more heat than anybody else, we're going to run that direction. But you go out there and just do you. And and we'll 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 literally just go from match to match and and let let it create create itself, you know. And that to me was very powerful because uh, I haven't had that on any lot of I had had a lot had a lot, a lot I hadn't had a lot of that in major promotions. Right. So to have that freedom and to have that confidence in me to go out there um, really got me fired up and really you know made me feel like I was part of the team and I wanted to do better. And, and it, I did, you know, every, every time I stepped out there in the ring, it was, we stepped up to another level. Of course. You know what? And, and hearing you say that it's exactly what I saw while watching NWA power. You can see every week the show getting better, the, the in-ring action really getting, uh, I don't know, more entertaining. It was just from the beginning to, to where, where it is now. Um, it was just spectacular to watch as a, as a wrestling fan, especially not having that experience uh, for quite some time. A lot of fans now, now being introduced to a different style uh, in NWA. It's a, a studio audience. Uh, there is no pyro. There is no music. There is no bells and whistles, sort of say. It's, it's promos and it's wrestling. It's real wrestling. And uh, I think that it's, uh, something that the wrestling fans needed because today we have so many different options as to different wrestling companies and to have NWA such a, a unique style, um, I think is probably one of my favorite aspects of wrestling. Um, I know that Harley, it's a very, it's a very understandable wrestling program. Um, like you said, it's very broke down and basic to the point where, there's nothing to draw your attention away from what's going on except the action in the ring. Exactly. And the fact that uh, we're able to take a match and then build more onto that match and build more onto that match and more and more, um, in my opinion, is what helps you as a fan and me, even as a wrestler, yeah. get excited about what's happening because you completely understand what's going on. You're with, you're with that wrestler through the whole ride. On top of the fact, um, there's not, 40, 50 guys, I'm not saying, no, there's there's not, you know, 20 or 30 guys coming on your program where people get lost. Everybody has their moment to shine. Um, and when you allow a wrestler to have its moment to shine and, and spotlight them, we are proof that people get over. It's not hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, people tend to make it harder on themselves than what it really is. Uh we want to, NWA wants to deliver a wrestling program that makes you feel good, that you understand and get, you know, get behind the wrestlers, not characters, the wrestlers. And and when 
when the fans get behind them, they can see that wrestler progress and, you know, sky's the limit, man. And from what exactly you're describing and from what we're seeing, a lot of the superstars in NWA are, you know, being talked about mainstream professional wrestling conversations today. It really did boost, uh, I think, a lot of minds um, when it comes to the different styles in pro wrestling because we're so used to seeing, you know, WWE. Now we have uh, AEW, Impact, all these different companies, you know, kind of doing their own thing but really in the same category. NWA is in like a class of its own, doing its own thing, getting people over. People uh, like such as yourself that we've seen before in other companies now uh, – doing really what you want to do and getting it over. So I think I, I, yeah, that's, I love watching it. <laughs> well, I like it. Yeah. Uh, you, you were fortunate enough to have Harley as uh, your trainer. Um, safe to say he's been a significant part of your career. What was the most important thing that you learned uh, from him? Um, it's, you know, when you're with somebody for 15 years, it's hard to nail down any one, one thing that, um, that stood out for the simple fact is he's, um, he had, he had his hand in everything. I brought everything to Harley. You know what I mean? Any questions, any concerns, it didn't matter what part of my career I was in, whether I was wrestling for him full time or I was in Japan or in WWE, I was always, I always brought it to him. Um, but one of the things that like stands out was that he always like from the day that I met him, he always said uh, the cream will rise to the top, be the best wrestler, put on the best matches. Don't worry about your character. Go out there and have the best match. If, if the people are still focused on, on the finish at the end of your match, if that's all they care about at the end of your match, who won or lost, then you didn't do your job with the time that was given to you, whether it be 15, 20, 30, whatever minutes, you didn't go out there and get the match over. Um, and that's something like, it's always been like seared into my brain, even at, at you know, and, and I've always kept that philosophy, even at times when it didn't either a make me look good or I sat or I was being sacrificed for an angle. I had no problem with that because we were getting the match over. Um, if you look at any of my WWE stuff, anybody who's ever been to a WWE house show and saw me on those house shows, they saw two completely different people because with TV, you were so constricted. You were, you were told to stay in one lane. Um, whereas house shows, they didn't care. And we had way more react. Our house show matches is what carried me and Cade and I throughout our career because we, we would get over so well at house shows, yeah. but they just wouldn't, uh, I guess, let the reins go with us on TV and see that same reaction. Um, so I've always had it just seared in my brain to go out there and do whatever I got to do to get the match over and, and have the best match possible, because that's what the pain, the fans are paying for. Um, they're paying to be entertained. And if that's, if I have to sacrifice myself for, for us to get to that point, then I'm willing to do it. Of course. And now that you're holding uh, the NWA national championship, uh, pretty significant piece of history, pretty significant piece of NWA as being one of their top leaders in, in, in their organization right now. Uh, what does it mean to you to hold that championship, especially being trained, uh, you know, by Harley being around, 
that unique piece of history, the NWA title and things like that. What does it mean to, to be a champion for that organization? Um, I hold a lot of pride in, in what I am, um, especially being the national heavyweight champion. I've been champions at other companies. Um, but for me, uh, this company is represents me the best. You know what I mean? Everybody says, Trevor, you know, you're a perfect fit for the NWA, which I am, but the NWA is also a perfect fit for me. Um, being the national heavyweight champion, especially after you look at the, like you were talking about with the lineage of all the guys that held that title um, to say that I'm up in that history to be a part of it is almost surreal. Um, but also in the same sense, like there's a lot of, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, what, what am I looking for? Like I have dedication, like this is, I'm champ. I'm the motherfucking champ. I, I gotta, I gotta represent. I gotta go out and put in the work. Um, and there's already been a lot of guys that think that they can already knock me off the mountain, uh, <laughs> making calls to, to the office, uh, trying to bide for a position to, to have a match with me. Um, and I, I thoroughly look forward to everybody else trying to take something away, take this away from me of anything. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to scratch and crawl and fight and do whatever I've got to do to make sure I hold on to this. Uh, the national heavyweight championship and, and make it mean something so that when people see that championship, my name is linked to those guys like Nikita Koloff, Larry Zabisco, uh, some of the greats. Yeah. And uh, it's probably one of my favorite titles when NWA first, you know, resurrected itself and I saw them bringing back all their championships. It was like, it was nostalgia, but it was also a sense of like, uh, I don't know. There's some excitement to it because you see these titles that you in, in WWE and they, you know, they, they're all blinged up and they got all these, all these colors, but these to me and a lot of wrestling fans, I think are the real uh, heavyweight championships in professional wrestling. The ones with the, the most lineage where you can look back years ago and it's the same design, you know, that, that we see today. And I think there's just more, I don't know. There's more, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the word. There's more uh, excitement, I guess, around it to see it being passed around today in such a well, uh, there, funny way. Those those championships are authentic. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're That's not. The word, yeah. They're they're not something that um, was changed throughout the years. Um, even you know, I. I bring I bring up WWE and and they have a lot of lineage with their world title, but even just the look of it, like you were saying, has changed with each person who had it, and it, I feel like there's a disconnect, there's a, a an authenticity lost when they do that, yeah. um, and like you said, that you can look at my national heavyweight title and and look back in history and see the greats that went wore that championship and that were champions. And it makes you feel like you are truly seeing history happen in front of you. Exactly. And that, that's like what I keep saying, NWA, it, it, it highlights all of that, but also in a, in a modernized way for today's generation of wrestling fans where they can understand it. And yep. I think that's probably the best part about NWA in, in a whole. Um, but I do want to touch on, obviously we, 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 jumping around to your WWE days. Uh, you were a part of so many uh, entertaining feuds with great teams, the Hardy Boys, DX, uh, Big Show and Kane, 
uh, Rosie and a Hurricane, Crime Time, um, and so many different other teams that were there. What do you think was probably your greatest feud as a tag team in WWE? Um, in WWE, I'd have to put the Hardys. Um, that was, you know, they gave us three pay-per-views in a row with those guys. Yeah. Um, we were able to, uh, at that point in our career, able to to tell a story with those fellas that was a little different, even though we wanted to be get more in-depth and be more creative with it um, than what we were allowed to. Uh, those guys really, um, really let us shine. Um, they could walk out to the ring and the people go nuts. Like they, their music hits go nuts. So those guys knew they were over. Um, so it, they gave us an opportunity to get in the ring and, and, uh, and made us look like a million bucks. But then, um, we talk about guys like, you, you know, you brought up DX, uh, that's a whole nother level of just over. And you know what I'm talking, you know what I mean? Yeah. You're in the ring and you hear, you know, the DX music hit, um, a part of you reverts back to the, the, the 13, 14 year old little boy at home going, Oh yeah, this is so cool. And then at the time, you know, the 25 year olds looking down the ramp going, I'm about to square off with these motherfuckers. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And it's, um, it just takes you to a whole nother level. And, um, with working with those guys is where I felt like we really got the international notoriety because as soon as those guys get in the ring, all eyes are on them. Of course. And today's generation of tag team wrestling, I think tag team wrestling is probably one of the most highlighted aspects of pro wrestling today. During your run as a tag team there, three-time tag team champion, uh, WWE world tag team champion, obviously with Lance Cade. Uh, I think for a long time, they were trying to find their way with their tag teams. You know, you have uh, Rosie and the Hurricane, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, Big Show and Kane. And then you have these two country boys uh, really with great uh, tag team dynamic, real friends in real life, being the world tag team champions. What did it mean to be the top of the, the division at that time? Um, at that, you know, uh, that was my first national <laughs> title that I had won. So, I, of course, I was excited. You know, uh, the first time I won it, I, I drove, you know, I got, I got home. I kissed my wife and I went straight up to the training school and I laid the championship on Harley's uh, desk. Yeah. Just to show him, you know, the gratitude and, and how much I, I was thankful for his advice and being my mentor. Um, but also in the same sense, like, you know, you're the world tag team champs. Like there's you're going to be a part of everything. And that's when like the roller coaster really picked up for us was as soon as you're, you know, you, you have those championships, you're a part of every media, uh, all of, all of phone calls, uh, the, the autograph signings. And so our schedule tripled, you know, and even after we lost the belts the first time we, 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 we stayed on pace. Um, and when we weren't on TV, we were on house shows. It's just, uh, that's the one good thing I can say about WWE is they had us working a lot. And you can see today we have teams like FTR, formerly known as the Revival. Uh, they, they have the same – they follow the same style you guys did, that old-school, uh, hard-hitting, aggressive uh, country boy style, um, which I think is really cool. And, again, you continuing that, that style uh, in the NWA and from your days in WWE – uh, 
what was the most important part of kind of staying true to your roots in a sense, uh, following your, your, that character? Um, I've, I've always, uh, it's always, the most important thing to me has always been to make them believe, um, and to figure out different ways to make fans step out of that, that, uh, realm of, of disbelief and have them step into my world. Um, so at, at times, man, I'm, and I brought this up earlier, I'm willing to sacrifice myself, whether it be to take the, 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 the shot to the head that I know is going to hurt. Yeah. Um, or, or to, you know, um, uh, take a bullet, but that's what was necessary. It's, it's my, my job is to go in there no matter what and make you believe in me and what I do. Um, and sometimes you don't, you know, just the littlest things can make people step, go, holy shit, that, that, that looked like it was really real. Like he was, he was really hurting you. Know, yeah. Um, that's my job. You know what I mean? It's my job to make the, uh, the fans question, um, what's going on in the ring. And usually if I can get them to question whether or not what's happening, the aggression that's happening in the ring is real or not, I usually have them. I can carry them for the rest of the story. Um, and sometimes that is at the sacrifice of my opponent as well, too. But, I, you know, I, I'm very uh, – when people step into the ring with me, you know, I hold – I mince no words, you know. I'm, I'm a heavy hitter. Um, and, and if you don't bring it to me – well, I'm just going to beat the snot out of you. It's just how I was, just how I was trained. You know what I mean? And, um, and that goes back to my Japan days too. You know, I lived in Japan for six months and went through the dojo, 500 squats a day, 300 push-ups a day, 100, 150 bumps a day, four and five, 20 to 30 minute matches a day. Wow. Um, over there, those guys, you know, if you don't fight back, you, <laughs> they're going to get you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and that's just something I've kind of carried with myself and, and it, it's worked. Now, during your run with the WWE, uh, they kind of uh, had you and, and Lance kind of uh, break up in a sense. And you went on in the singles run with the country singing gimmick. Uh, and I feel honestly, that was, that was really underrated because that was, that was some entertaining stuff that you did. Uh, how did that, come about who came up with it what were your thoughts on it like the whole process i think it's just so interesting um Cade and i had gotten the word that they were going to split us up and we had already been through that a couple times before so this time we wanted to be a little bit more proactive in the fact that okay if you guys are going to split us up let's figure out what to do with us so we can just move right into that transitional period of singles wrestlers and Cade and I were out in the ring, just sitting up in the bleachers like we'd done probably a hundred times. And uh, we were talking and, you know, Cade brought it up. He goes, we would go to bars and, you know, in some of these towns and there'd be karaoke there and I'd get a couple beverages in me and I'd hop up on the karaoke stage and sing and just have a good time. And he brought that up to me. He goes, man, you ought to sing, you know, do, do something with singing, you know? And I, I got it in my head that, that I would, I wanted to sing my entrance music to the ring about my opponents though. Like Cena used to come out and rap about his opponents and kind of bury his opponents in his rap. And I thought, wow, I can do that. Not so much on a country version, but singing my music, you know? So I'm, I'm determined, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm walking around. Someone's going to hear 
this idea. You know what I mean? And and I and I realized the only person who's going to really do anything with it's Vince. Yeah. So I proceeded to track Vince down, and uh, it was, you know, Vince is a very busy man and constantly has people around him. So to get a private one-on-one with him is difficult at times. So I stalked him as he's walking all the way back to his office. Uh, I seen a, one of the writers was like trying to get in there right behind and I had to literally like move his hand off the doorknob, grab the doorknob. And I just walked right into Vince's office wow. and I leaned up against the door so nobody could get in. Wow. And, and I just blurted it out. I said, Vince, I know you're splitting Cade and I up. I said, I sing karaoke and I don't know what we can do with it, but I'd like to implement it into my, you know, my gimmick. Yep. And uh, he caught me off guard and he's like, really? You know, sing me a song and i'm like oh, oh oh okay and and i still to this day cannot remember what song i sang um obviously it was probably something that was just on top of my head but we got done and there's like this 30 second pause but it felt like forever you know and uh i get the i get the god damn trevor son of a bitch that's fucking good fuck why did you why did you fucking tell me about this god damn it well, fuck put this on fucking tv next week and i'm so happy that vince didn't just look at me and go you're a fucking idiot that was horrible what are you doing um i was so happy i was thanks vince appreciate it man thank you for listening to me you know what i mean i walked out the door and i was like hell yeah i got something going and i was like but wait a minute i never talked to him about what i was going to do with it and i never got back to him i was never able to get another one-on-one with him and uh, sure enough, that next week after my match, I'm standing up on uh, the, the the announcer's table singing to Cade. And I, um, when I got there that Monday and they told me what I was going to do, I had a couple different songs in my head that kind of fit Cade and I starting to split up. You know, the verbiage at the very least would come across and the people would understand what I was singing or what I was singing. But yeah. Vince didn't know any of it. Like, he didn't know any of those songs. He's not a not a country guy you know what i mean and uh, he's like oh fuck Trevor, we can't can't do that uh we gotta have a song that everybody knows you know we gotta have something that they can all can you know, come with you and i <clears throat> sarcastically threw out um friends in low places i was like you mean My something brother, like friends man. in low places man you know yeah. something and he's like god perfect fuck that's it right there and fucking walks away <laughs> and i'm like oh okay wow. all right you know, and, and, you know, sure enough, you know, I had the, had the match and got up on the, the stand, you know, the uh, announcer's table and sang. But the problem with those kind of ideas is if you don't follow up on them and you don't, um, you don't talk to the writers and, and push and push and push to Vince that this is the direction you want to go with it, uh, people tend to put their own spin on it. And before you know it, uh, I'm singing to the makeup lady who's naughty. She's like shaking her head at me and rolling her eyes. And it just became stupid um, Got it. to the point where I was like, wow, <laughs> fuck this. You know what I mean? And, yeah. um, you know, it wasn't too much longer after that. I'd gotten the call and, and they released me. Yeah. I remember you were drafted to SmackDown and I think they had you a couple times on there and then, they get, I don't know what it was. They, they released a book. I think it was, it was a bunch of people. I don't remember exactly how it was. Um, but you were part of that, you know, that unfortunate list. What did that, uh, what, what was that mindset, you know, getting that call? Did you have any um, ideas or? 
No, I no, I had no clue. Um, but the one thing, like anybody I've ever talked to that's ever gotten released, knows when that phone call comes. And and sure enough, like I seen Johnny Ace is the one that called me, and um, I seen his number pop up. I was busy at the time, and I seen his number pop up on my phone and left a voicemail. And I looked at my wife, and I was like, something doesn't feel right about this. I was like, and Johnny's called me before a hundred times. You know what I mean? And never had I ever felt that way, but there was just something about this man. And um, sure enough, I call him back and uh, he said that, you know, the WWE didn't, uh, the writers didn't have anything for us, for me. And that they were going to go ahead and execute their early, their 90 day early out clause. And, um, you know, I thanked him and uh, hung up the phone and for about 15 minutes, I was, I wasn't like frantic, but I was freaking out. It's the number one company in the world. And I just got let go. Like, where do you go from there? You know, there's no, yeah. there's no number one, you know, there's no like four number one companies. There, there was, they were it. So I freaked out. And, um, but then after about 15 minutes, like this wave of calm came over me because I started thinking about, I was in the pattern of WWE going, shit, I gotta, I gotta go somewhere. I'm, I've got to, I was used to being on a schedule of course almost every day for four years. And, um, I was still in that mindset. And after about 15 minutes, like, I'm like, Oh, well, wait a minute. I don't, I don't have to go anywhere. Like nobody can tell me what to do. Like I'm back to being, I'm, I'm, I'm my old man again, almost to a certain extent. You know what I mean? And this wave of relief just kind of, Okay. Okay. Now we can take a step back, analyze, you know, this whole situation, this whole thing and, and go from there. And, um, you know, I had, I had been, I've been called back one time to get looked at, but other than that, I've never called them. I've never made uh, advances to go back. It's just, I did it. It was cool, but that's just not the life I want to lead. That's not the type of wrestler I want to be. Of course, I know I can. I can respect that, and I, I'm feeling, in, at least today, that's a lot of other people's uh, mindset too going forward. Especially everything that's happening with the pandemic, you know, them releasing a lot of a lot of people. Uh, I spoke to a few earlier this year, and they had the same same type of mindset where they had that sense of a panic for a minute, and then they realized, you know, there's there's other options, yep. you know, and. You got to respect, I, I respect you for, for that, uh, for the way you handle that. So, um, Thank you. and then you have the shock of Lance, um, kind of coming out of nowhere. Um, if you, if you can talk about it, how, what was your, your, your perspective on that? I'm, lo I'm losing Lance. Um, I had gotten woke up at the time I owned a bar and grill and, um, I had one of, a wrestler that actually trained who who was um on the back end was a, was a, was a chef was actually my my head cook my you know my kitchen manager so i wake up and my wife and my kitchen manager at the end of my bed and um, my first words out of my mouth was what happened to harley um because you know at the time harley was was up there in age and it's just you know he was in my opinion like if something was going to happen it was with him, and um, they said, no, it, nothing happened to Harley. Something happened to Lance. And I said, what happened? And they said he passed away. And I was still half asleep, and I was just – I just took it as a joke. I was like, that's a fucked-up joke. 
Like, you guys shouldn't even play like that. Like, I'll get out of bed, but don't even play like that. And um, I looked at my phone like I do when I wake up every morning to check the time. And there was a text from HBK. And uh, it said, call me now, kid. And uh, I called him. And uh, I was like, hey, man, like, what's, what's all this shit about? I hear about Lance passing away. I mean, the guy's 29 years old. You know, great physical shape, and uh, I'll never forget the words. Like he said, you know, he's like, "I'm sorry, kid, but he's gone." And I and I have I've said this, I've told the story before. You know, I dropped to my knees and and I bawled, vert like bawled, like I couldn't control myself. Um, I, I couldn't understand it. Like this is my. I have two best friends in this world, and Lance was one of them. Um, my kids called him uncle. He had been to my home for holidays. He, had, When we were tag team champs, we wrestled for Harley on Harley shows. I'd been to Cade's um, house for holidays and dinners and met his grandmas and his sisters and all his nieces and nephews. <coughs> we were best friends. Um, and it, it totally knocked the feet out from under me. You know what I mean? And um, we got uh, we got all the funeral arrangements and, um, you know, it was uh, I drove me, my wife and my kids drove 18 hours straight to San Antonio. It's kind of like my last ride with my buddy, you know, and uh, still to this day, I get choked up just talking about it. Um, I, I miss that dude so bad, man, so bad because. Uh, on, on just on just so many different levels, you know, I miss talking to him about my kids. I miss talking to him about wrestling. Um, he was one guy that I could go to and, and uh, if I, I could go up to Lance and I'd be like, Hey man, I just killed this guy. And it'd be like, and he would be like, where are we hiding the body? You know what I mean? It was, <laughs> yeah. Um, very you have friends like that. And uh, it, he was a brother, you know, so it's, um, it was hard, man. And I still, I still struggle with it. You know, I don't, I don't quite understand it. Of uh, he's got two beautiful little girls that are living today that, that talk about him all the time. Uh, and, and just an amazing talent in the ring too. Like he's super underrated. That guy's 290 pounds and moved like a cruiserweight in the ring and could wrestle anybody and make anybody look like a million dollars and, and still make himself look great too. Um, the wrestling business really lost a, a fantastic, fantastic wrestler. Of course. And I remember when that was first, uh, when the first, the news first broke, you know, being a wrestling fan like myself, it was, it was a shock because it's not a name you would ever expect. You know, he was so young. You, you, you just didn't expect it. And especially with all the, the star power that I think everybody saw in him, especially during his WWE time, you know, playing different characters, whether it was uh, you guys together or his singles career, there was, there was almost like this, uh, like there was star power in him and you knew it. And it was just a matter of time before, you know, they were going to be like, all right, this is the guy. At least in my eyes, that's how I felt. Right. He was able to do everything. No, that's how I felt. You said his size as well, just the full package. I agree. All right, man, I got too many more questions. My phone's about to die on I me. Mean, I got about 10% big in, so. Got it, man, no problem. Um, so we're talking, uh, we're going to jump back to, uh, and I, I appreciate you taking the time to talk about Lance. Sure. I know you said it's not something easy to talk about. Uh, but the NWA 
uh, national championship. We're seeing today a lot of uh, NWA stars uh, make the jump over to AEW to represent that brand. Um, is that something you think you'd, you'd see yourself doing or have you been asked to do that? I can definitely see myself doing that for a couple shots. I would really like to work with um, FTR, um, whether it be tagging with them or tagging against them. Uh, I, I think that we could create some amazing matches. Um, again, I've, I've actually, you know, contacted a couple of those guys and just, you know, been like, hey, man, it'd be badass to have a, a trio of old school, like, you know, the Freebird days. Um, if that happens, that'd be awesome. That's awesome. Um, and I always guys, ask, I'm still going to be a fan of those guys. You know what I mean? Of course. So there's a question I always like to ask uh, my guests at the end of the show. Um, and it's when you wake up in the morning before you even remember your career and your life and everything that you've gone through, what's the first thing that you can say <clears throat> that comes to mind that you would want your legacy to be that first thing that comes to mind. That's so selfless that, you know, if, if you were to leave today, this is what I want to be remembered for. I made them believe. You know what I mean? Like, I've questioned, I made people truly question what I was doing in the ring. Um, the, I, I know we talked about it earlier, uh, but there's a certain power in, in the fact that when I can walk, when I walk out of the ring, people are they're 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 afraid that they might get the same person you know there's no difference from trevor in the ring trevor outside of the ring and and yeah. they're they're really it's really it is it's the truth I'm, you don't see there's not much difference in me i'm i'm a very uh black and white kind of guy you you know be nice to people treat people right don't don't you know what i mean be good to people and, and i expect that in return um, and that's how I treat people in the ring. And so if, if anything, at the very least, I, I, I hope that people carry with them like that guy made me fucking believe like I would not with that guy. I don't, you know what I mean? I wouldn't push that guy. I wouldn't, because that's the real power is because if they believe me outside side of the ring, they believe me inside of the ring, that means I can carry them. Still there? Yeah, I'm here. Sorry, there was a disconnect there. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Perfect. And the last question, uh, the return of NWA, what What do you know? What do you? I, we know it's coming. What can you give us? <laughs> Man, I, I can't give you much of anything, to be honest with you. It's not that I that – it, there's not – not that I don't know. It's just – to be honest with you, we want to, we want to, when we do, when we do come back full force, we want the fans to go nuts. And so we're trying to make sure that everything we do is safe first and foremost for our, our, the wrestlers and for the fans, but also in the same sense, we want to give the same product we did before. You know what I mean? We don't want to water it down. It's hard to wrestle with no crowds as a performer. It's the shits, man. Because you play off those people, you feed off those people. Not having them there, you're at a huge uh, disconnect on some things. But I, I'm all I can say is keep watching, guys. I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Man, and uh, I know you're on social media. Where could uh, 
the fans go check you out to follow you. Guys, check me out. I'm on Instagram, on Twitter, at RealT Murdoch. And, of course, I'm on Facebook, man. You know, ain't too many people trying to be me. So (laughs) (laughs) go on there and look. I'm on there. Awesome, man. I want to thank you for uh, taking the time to talk. Uh, It was a pleasure speaking with you. It's a pleasure to hear about your career. I'm excited to see uh, what's coming next with the NWA, but more importantly, what's coming next with you and the uh, NWA National Championship. I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you. Trevor Murdoch. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Take care, buddy. You too.